0: Welcome, everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. Joining me is Arian Haverhall. He's the CEO of Milestone Scientific. Good morning, Ariane. Good morning, Jeff. So, for those that aren't familiar with Milestone, can you give us uh, just a quick overview of the company?
1: Yes, absolutely. Pleasure doing so. Uh, Milestone Scientific is... Uh, typical research and development company in the field of uh, computer-controlled injection technology. Um, We have invented the space of computer-controlled injection technology, and what it does allows us to do is administer the drug below the patient's pain threshold uh, through a technology uh, that we have patented, uh, the dynamic pressure sensing uh, technology, uh, which means that we know exactly uh, where the tip of the needle is uh, whilst you administer a drug in the dental industry uh, or whilst you are using the technology for needle placement and verification in epidural procedures during labor and delivery. Uh, the key factor is that when it is related to drug delivery that we control the flow Uh, of the injection uh, by measuring uh, in real time any pressure feedback at the tip of the needle, uh, which makes our injections precise, effective, and virtually painless. Um, Like I said, the company started uh, more than uh, two decades ago in the dental uh, uh, industry or the dental market segment. Uh, We have an installed base of 20,000 instruments Uh, and we have done more uh, than about 100 million injections uh, with our technology through all these years. And we decided that after being successful in the dental uh, market, uh, we wanted to enter the medical market, in particular then the epidural market uh, in labor and delivery. Not so much uh, because of the addressable market size, which is about $5 billion, but moreover, Uh, the belief that uh, we could solve the problems that are associated uh, with performing these epidural procedures uh, during labor and delivery. Um, Four million births on an annual basis in the United States, uh, 2.4 million epidural procedures out of these four million, but these procedures uh, are, uh, like I said, associated with risk factors, four and a half to five percent of all these uh, procedures performed uh, show uh, the risk factors expressed in severe migraine, and paralysis, or even mortality, and with our technology, we have been able to, uh, to document and demonstrate that we can reduce costs significantly when our technology is used, compared to the uh, current standard of care, uh, which is nothing more than the hypodermic syringe out of 1860. Uh, which was later then positioned in the medical segment as the loss of resistance technique. Um, That is a very manual, subjective method, the uh, the loss of resistance technique. Uh, It takes about two years, uh, up to 90 procedures for a resident uh, to become profound and confident in this loss of resistance technique. And we have been able to show uh, in a study that was conducted at the University uh, in Miami, Florida that we reduce those 90 procedures to two procedures um, and the two years to two days. So again, we are able to shorten uh, the training cycle, the education cycle, thus saving cost. Uh, And last but not least, these procedures are also associated with litigation costs, which are estimated to, to be uh, around three hundred thousand uh, dollars per case.
0: Okay, so you actually answered a bunch of my questions there, but but I do have some more. So, the, the company, as you mentioned, has been around a long time, but you're re- relatively new in the in the CEO role. What attracted mm-hmm. you uh, to the position? And, you know, what, where did you see that, you know, this is the time for, for faster growth?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> now, what attracted me in the company, uh, you know, my track record, I'm uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've more than 30 years' experience in the medical healthcare uh, and the dental uh, healthcare. I've worked for several companies, had my own uh, company as well in dental Uh, At the end of my uh, corporate career, I was working for uh, the number one leading company in dental, which was uh, uh, Straumann, Institute Straumann. I've had positions in Europe, uh, and then in the last 10 years, I've been working in the United States. Um, When I came in contact with Milestone Scientific, uh, first of all, the founder of the company, uh, Leonard Osser, uh, you know impressed me uh, a lot in in terms of uh, his philosophy, his strategies, and how he had founded uh, the company and how he also has further helped the company grow. Um, I also will say that the technology uh, that they were having and being in the dental field and the the growth opportunity uh, of the company in this uh, market segment was very appealing to me. Um, and thirdly, um, my oldest daughter gave birth uh, to her first child. Uh, five attempts uh, were made uh, for the epidural procedure. Uh, she, she did not use, or I was not involved with the company at that time, uh, and having access to our technology. But, you know, five attempts, now it is a uh, scar tissue on her back. And then, uh, I've also seen it uh, with my wife uh, and also if you ask other people, we all know that there is a problem with uh, and a challenge with the epidural procedures in terms of the side effects. Uh, and for me, what it is, uh, yeah, the real motivator for me every day going to work is, uh, you know, uh, increasing uh, women uh, health care outcome and increasing safety. Uh, and making even the birth of a child an even more, uh, you know, uh, safe or safer and happier experience for the woman. Uh, you know, if why why do we still use a technology out of 1860 uh, where you can increase safety, efficiency uh, with modern technology? So, in other words, um, my goal is to become the standard of care uh, with our company. I strongly believe we can do that, and it is simple for me. It is bringing or taking drug delivery out of the 1900s to the 21st century, and now it's time to uh, to take it further.
0: Okay. And so, competition-wise, what does a competitive landscape look like for others with a technology um, to help?
1: Well, Yes, no, absolutely, that's a good question. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, almost none, zero to none. Uh, really, the competitive landscape is the hypodermic syringe for epidural procedures during labour and delivery. Um, as you know, for pain management uh, in uh, and during labour and delivery, other technologies are so to say contraindicated. Um, because x-ray, for example, which is used in other areas, uh, cannot be used because it can harm the fetus. Um, Ultrasound has been used. Uh, There are other companies that uh, are trying. But the key differentiator for us is really, uh, and I I can tell you also a little bit more about the technology, is that uh, it is a guidance, uh, you know, through the trajectory or for the entire trajectory of placing the epidural needle in the epidural space. So let me explain a little bit how the technology uh, works so that everybody gets a better understanding of that. So um, the loss of resistance technique that is used today uh, works as, it's nothing more than a a six inch needle, a syringe uh, filled with saline. And as the clinician advances the needle in the back uh, of the patient, he feels the pressure against his stump. And if there is a loss of resistance, or when there is a loss of resistance, uh, he might believe that he or she is in the epidural space. Now, what happens during these procedures is that 17% are false uh, negative. So in other words, the clinician Feels um, a, a loss in resistance, believes that he is in the epidural space, but he is not, and he is thus uh, administering the drug um, not in the right space, not in the epidural space. Situation gets even worse, assuming that he would be in the epidural space, and he is going to advance the needle further. He will reach uh, a membrane, will breach the membrane, resulting in leakage of cerebrospinal fluid. Uh, and that will cause then uh, these side effects like migraine, uh, paralysis, and mortality. Our technology is working as follows. We measure constantly any pressure changes at the tip of the needle. In medical literature, it is known that that the human body, the tissue in the human body, each tissue has its own characteristic pressure signature. So in other words, if you have low fatty fatty tissue, high fatty tissue, you have a membrane, you have uh, a real space, and there will be a different uh, pressure measurement and a different pressure value that these tissues have. I told you in the beginning that that 17% are false positive, but if we would use our technology, which we have documented also in clinical uh, documentation studies, If you would use our technology and you would measure and visualize the pressure measurements on the screen, you will see that you will have an increase in pressure when you enter the skin, and if you go in a lower uh, fatty uh, tissue um, or a low-fat tissue, you will have a a reduction in pressure. That fluctuates; it the fluctuated goes up, but if you're really in the epidural space, you have an immediate drop in pressure that stays there for five seconds. So by constantly measuring direct pressure changes at the tip of the needle, we know exactly where the needle is, in what type of tissue, and then also when the needle is exactly uh, in the epidural space. And that's what clinicians are giving us as feedback um They like it uh, because it tells them exactly when to stop uh, the procedure
0: okay so if i if I have this right, your device is a, a platform, not just a, a single um, target, and with the low hanging mm-hmm. fruit being dental and epidural, is that correct?
1: Yes, I think the the difference between dental and epidural is uh, in dental. It is actually used for a direct injection of a drug. In epidural, it is uh, not the injection of a drug, but it is needle placement and needle verification. And we have on top of that another product for catheter placement and catheter uh, verification, which is a CompuWave, uh, which allows us, um, first of all, it was patented in the beginning of 2020, but it allows you to have more efficient catheter intervention because, uh, you know, after giving birth, the women are remaining in pain. The clinicians, uh, you know, whether uh, there is enough drug in the patients or not, uh, the only choice that they are having uh, of uh, checking that is actually giving a bolus injection waiting for 30 or 40 minutes uh, and then see um, if there is pain relief. Now, CompuWave is a technology where it is uh, enabling you to measure and visualize a pulsatile waveform. The epidural space is, has a high rate, and there's a direct correlation between the presence of that waveform, and if you see it, there's a direct correlation between the right placement of a catheter. So, if the patient would still be in pain because the catheter is still in the patient, and we would connect a different type of uh, of tubing to our instrument, you would see the heart rate within a minute. Uh, then you have saved uh, forty minutes of uh, you know high cost time for the hospitals. Does increasing efficiency does increasing patient safety? So that's the dental and epidural. To your point, yes, absolutely. We are not a typical dental or a a typical epidural company. Wherever the hypodermic syringe is used, our technology could potentially apply, and that's the reason why we look into other areas, thereby broadening our platform like uh, Botox for cosmetic medicine injections, uh, peripheral nerve block, intra-articular. A peripheral nerve block is actually a market uh, larger than uh, the epidural uh, market for labor and delivery, uh, and and yeah, we can do that because our company is also in a very healthy financial uh, situation. Uh, we do not have uh, any debts. Um, at the end of the second quarter, we had 16 million dollar cash at hand. So we have all the means to further build on our company in terms of, um, you know, hiring and attracting the right talent. So we are increasing our sales force in the medical business. Um, We are uh, investing in the right marketing and sales activities. And also we are also broadening our research and development, i.e., broadening our indications where our technology can be used. Okay.
0: And in terms of your technology, is it protected IP-wise?
1: Yes, it is protected. So we have uh, several patents. We have the dynamic pressure sensing technology, that is one. Uh, we have the CompuWave, uh, which is uh, what I explained, the um, uh, the measurement or the visualization of the pulse waveform in the epidural space. We have a patent uh, on the consumables uh, because the consumables. We use the razor, razor blade model from a business model point of view, Um, uh, and um, the consumables uh, are using what I always called a so-called military engraved chip Uh, that was also uh, the patent was granted to us last year, thereby avoiding any copycats of the consumables. And I think what is important from a financial and a business point of view, we use the razor, razor blade model. Uh, and I mentioned also that I strongly believe that we can become the standard of care. Now, if the standard of care would be the equivalent of 2 million procedures combined with the high profit margins on our consumables in the high 60%, uh, that would be result in a, in a net profit of $80 million for the company on the consumables alone uh, on an annual basis. And, and I think that's a very compelling uh, proposition for investors and financial institutions.
0: Okay. and In terms of other indications, what's the regulatory pathway? Do you have to do additional FDA studies?
1: No, it depends. Uh, you know, as a rule of thumb, uh, in general, uh, yes. So, let me explain to you the, the regulatory uh, situation. So, uh, All our products are uh, approved, uh, both dental and and medical, uh, 510K approval, CE mark approval. For the dental business, we are in in about 60 countries worldwide. Uh, In medical, we are in that early commercialization uh, stage. Um, So, yes, a new indication, um, as we have the lumbar epidural uh, indication, that 's what you use as a reference point, um, and uh, if we would go into the thoracic indication or the cervical indication, uh, then you have to do additional um, you know scientific uh, clinical studies, but not not to the very high extent with with hundreds of patients uh, to prove that uh, that 's not the case but um, Also, for peripheral nerve block, uh, that would uh, also be a need for doing additional clinical studies. But on the other hand, of course, it's part of the development work uh, that you have to do to be able to file for a 510K approval.
0: Okay. And you'd mentioned you're in 60 countries. I read recently that you picked up some additional. Um, Are you in all the countries that you want to be now?
1: Uh, for medical, absolutely not. Um, uh, for dental, I would say, yeah, we have a good presence, but you know how it is with uh, be- being present in these different uh, countries. I'm a very ambitious person. Um, and for me, I also, also look upon the distributors as a partnership, uh, but the way of managing distributors is, of course, also as having your own sales uh, team uh, so my focus always is uh, yeah, to make existing distributors better or uh, to uh, yeah, make from non-performers, performers, or sometimes taking uh, additional measures by adding distributors, uh, thereby growing the business in the individual countries, and also entering new markets. We still have in dental a couple of markets, uh, where I want to be, that we're currently not in, uh, but the, where we are preparing the market entrance for. Like, for example, these are larger markets like Brazil or India or Mexico, um, which completely needs a different approach than what we would do in other markets from a pricing point of view as well. But in the medical uh, markets, you know, there's uh, definitely a need for adding uh, distributors. We have our own direct sales force in the United States, um, we have now distributors in, uh, in Italy, Switzerland, Slovenia, United Arab Emirates, and Canada. Uh, but definitely, I want to have a number uh, of uh, distributors added to that, in particular in the German market.
0: Okay. And then, how much does the product cost?
1: Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> list price of the, of the product, of the instrument is twenty five thousand uh, dollars now it depends whether it is sold through a distributor uh, or uh, direct to the hospitals um, the the price to the end user let me put it in this way uh, is everything between ten and and fourteen thousand nine hundred ninety five uh dependent on country dependent on which sales channel um, and then also from an end user point of view the uh, list price on the disposables uh, per con- per patient is hundred. Uh, the in market price is around hundred dollars, um, and there again, you know, depending on the country and the type of distributor, that can be lower. Um, and uh, the consumable price is also dependent on uh, whether the hospital is buying, lease financing, uh, or gets the instrument free of charge as part of a loaner agreement. So if there would be a loaner agreement. Uh, then we would like to have the hospitals to commit to a minimum volume on an annual basis uh, versus a premium price. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, I think, the business model that we choose. In particular, we wanted to help the hospitals. Uh, we wanted to bring this technology uh, to the hospitals, uh, in particular also during the pandemic. Uh, at that time, all the capital equipment budgets were frozen. And that was the reason why we offered, uh, yeah, the loan agreements to the hospitals. So, uh, in other words, if the uh, if the uh, hospitals are loaning the agreements, uh, the or the uh, sorry, the instrument, then it will be closer to north of the hundred dollars. Uh, if it's uh, if they buy the equipment, then they will be having an, an per unit price uh, below the hundred dollars, and everything needs to be offset. Against it, uh, the uh, you know the, the savings that you make as a hospital Purpose, per we uh, in an independent study it was uh, concluded that um, when our technology is used, the hospital could save five hundred four dollar uh, per patient compared to uh, the loss of resistance technique. So uh, you know the disposable cost needs to be offset by the savings uh, that the hospitals are making by using our system.
0: Okay, and then are you making the system yourself or is it outsourced? Uh, it, is,
1: it is outsourced, <clears throat> so um, what we have, we have manufacturing in China uh, with our uh, business partner in, in China. Uh, we have had uh, more than 20 years experience with, uh, with our manufacturing site. So normally what's do, uh, what we are doing is the housing, the molding of the housing of the instrument is done in China, assembly here in the United States uh, for the dental business. Uh, the consumables are produced in China. Uh, for the medical business, it's, uh, it's a little bit different because uh, as we are in the early commercialization uh, stage and we just came out directly of the product development uh, cycle, of course there it is important uh, that you have uh, for the lower uh, low run production volume runs uh, that you are having a partner close by, so that's that's what we did. Uh, so we still have um, an, a manufacturer or an assembly uh, partner here in the US, and also do uh, the assembly uh, of the consumables here in the US, and then afterwards we we also going to move that to uh, to China. Absolutely.
0: Okay and can you touch on the the revenue model? It sounds like you have uh, a few, but what do you mainly use as a revenue model and and what are what the margins look like on the, device yeah, no, the, and consumables?
1: The, the The revenue model is for both dental and medical it's the same it's the, the the razor razor blade, so you have the capital equipment and then the recurrent revenues on the uh, on the consumables uh dental Capital equipment is definitely priced lower than the medical equipment, but what is identical with both businesses is that we enjoy the same profit margins, uh, both on the instruments and the consumables, uh, well above the
0: 60%. So you're not just giving away the razor? You're, you're, you have a margin on that as no, well? No, no,
1: no, no, no. The, uh, the razor we are not just giving away. Like I said, we did that initially to help the hospitals, uh but you know uh, yeah, <laughs> like I said, I'm an ambitious uh, person as well. so uh, we did it to help them, uh, but the marching orders to the sales team is is really um, you know you have to sell the instrument because uh, you know even at the, at that price point of uh, let's say between ten and fifteen thousand dollars on the medical instrument, um, that's a fair a fair price compared to other technologies. Uh, moreover, compared to uh, the expected outcome when you use our technology, the uh, in-market price for the dental instrument uh, is around 2,995. Uh, margins are uh, are similar. Uh, you know that's then the in-market price, so you have to uh, to take away the markup that the dental distributor is taking, but it's still within the 60% profit margin range for the company.
0: Okay, so what are some of the, the key drivers
1: of your business? Uh, the key drivers is, I would say, first, uh, it is technology. Um, secondly, um, it is also the population in the dental. You know, uh, dental business has always been a very attractive uh, market segment. You know, it's, uh, it's it's aging of the people. Uh, there's more, more money available, people... Uh, tend to care more about their dental uh, hygiene. Um, like I said, technology, uh, new market entries. Um, those are the typical growth drivers uh, for for the dental business in general, and also for us. I think, for me, if you if I just take the the question a little bit different, what is important uh, for me as main growth driver uh, is to help the dentists to increase their revenues uh, in their dental practice we recently launched a campaign called uh, increase your profitability or in other words the tagline is increase your bottom line uh, like i said if you use our technology there's uh, and you go for crown and bridge work there's no um, yeah numb feeling uh, there's no uh, uh, there's no pain uh, it's very comfortable it's extremely safe so it helps the dentist also um, in creating a safe environment for him and his patients uh, and his staff. Uh, but it's also a unique, uh, yeah, growth driver for his practice in terms of increasing revenue. And that's that's where we help uh, the dentistry how to make money in a way um, with our instrument and our technology to. Um, um, yeah to increase patient awareness and to increase patient acceptance in the medical business yeah, the, yeah i would say uh, there are two two three areas for growth uh one of course if you look at the growth uh, patterns and drivers that are currently available is is uh, yeah even you know whether there is a pandemic or not or a catastrophe or not uh uh babies are born uh, women give birth to uh, uh to their children uh, so that you know this is normally always uh, the baseline that we are are looking at of course of the number of births per hospital per year um, like i said our technology uh, even within the specs and the regulatory approvals can also be used in the uh, in the private sector and then in primarily in in chronic pain uh for back pain patients suffering from back pain where you also have to uh, to have lumbar injections uh so that uh, that's another growth driver for us uh, for the company uh and those segments are also the market growth uh, as such in those segments uh, is also moving positively forward uh but i think um, the, main, the major growth driver is, is really, uh, yeah, of course, there are other patients that we want to help, but it is the development of technology. And without technology, like I said, uh, we have the ambition really to become the standard of care in epidural procedures or in, in general in anesthesia.
0: Okay. So is there anything that I, I failed to ask that you wished we talked about or, or any closing remark you want to leave us with?
1: Yeah, so uh, well, what we didn't touch upon to that extent, uh, you know, g- gives you a little bit of summary is, um, it, you know, it, even, like I said in the beginning, we are, an, it used to be a, a research and development company. The company is in a turning point, moving away from a research and development company in much more the commercialization phase and the commercialization stage. The products are solid and sound. I mean by that uh, we have clinical proof. Uh, In the medical field, we have more than nine peer-reviewed clinical publications in well-known international and national clinical journals. uh, In the dental area and the dental segment, we have more than 100 publications. So our technology... Uh, has been uh, very well documented, is very well documented. And for dentistry, it's important that it is uh, evidence-based dentistry that we provide with improved uh, patient outcome efficiency uh, and thereby also increasing uh, the revenues for the dental practice. Um, the company is is financially healthy. Uh, like I said, uh, at the end of Q2, mm-hmm. Uh, we had $16 million cash at hand. We have enough money uh, to bring the company further in the next one and a half year. There is no immediate need to raise capital. Um, I think also from a financial perspective, there's a very compelling value proposition in the terms of using the business model resulting in $80 million net profit uh, for the company on an annual basis uh, when we really become the standard of care, which is, like I said, which is our, uh, our goal and which is our aim. Um, we, uh, we improve healthcare outcome at a lower cost. By doing that, is, um, is primarily uh, reducing the cost by reducing the mobility, lowering the cost, so no mobility, uh, from 5% to 0% when our technology is used. We shorten the sales cycle. Uh, that is another area. Uh, and thirdly, uh, there's uh, the, um, the avoidance of any litigation costs, which is uh, then contributing again uh, to reducing costs. It's very efficient, uh, like I said, with the cast check prob- uh, product for catheter inter- intervention, catheter placement, and catheter management, Uh, there is a reduction of time we increase thus the the efficiency and the uh, the safety of the patient so uh, really uh, like I said improving healthcare outcome at a reduced cost is key Uh, moreover is uh, you know bringing this technology uh, to all uh, institutions hospitals uh, to increase the awareness uh, is, is of extreme importance and Yeah, I would like to say um, it's all about taking drug delivery from the 1900s to the 21st century, and now it's time to bring it further. And, uh, yeah, if people would like to have uh, more information about our company, they can can, uh, call me directly or they can visit our website at uh, milestonescientific.com.
0: Well, Arjen, thank you for taking the time and sharing the Milestone Scientific story.
1: Thank you so much. Have a good afternoon.